Good morning, this is Deacon Pat coming to you from The Catholic Journey. We are in a remote site today. We are in San Jose, California. I usually tell you we're in Sacramento in the Sacramento Diocese, but we are mobile today. And we have a special session for you today. We have what we call Coffee with the Kearns Brothers. <laughs> hey, let's go around the table really fast, and why don't you guys introduce yourselves? I'm Kevin Kearns. I'm the eldest brother, and we're actually in Morgan Hill, California, oh. not San Jose. Let's give props to Morgan Hill. Yep, thanks. Sorry about that. Um, I'm Brother Mike, uh, number five brother. And I am Dan. I'm the youngest and the finest. And we're missing two today. We're missing Terry and we're missing Tim. We thought Tim was going to be part of this conversation as well. But uh, he's, I hear, doing something in San Francisco. I don't know if they're doing a race with Angela or what they're doing there. And then Terry, actually, this weekend was doing a hot air balloon ride. Is that right? Yeah, guys? I'm not sure where. Maybe Napa, but yeah. I think, was that yesterday or was yeah. it? Yeah. You know, I was thinking it's raining here right now. Actually, it was it was storming. The rain was really coming down um, quite forcefully. And uh, Terry was telling me that hot air balloon rides are actually, they always start early in the morning. I think it has to do with the weather and the winds. So I think uh, yesterday morning, it was actually just nice and cloudy. So hopefully he had a nice trip. Well, what were you guys doing uh, yesterday while I wasn't here? <laughs> <laughs> well, we actually were watching some hot air balloons that were down this way, That again, going early in the morning. And I think if um, if Terry was like they were, he should have had a good ride. So that was good. But, oh, good. But no, we had a chance to get together. And, you know, we're planning this fabulous trip next year to Ireland for the brothers. And this weekend was an opportunity to get together and do some work to raise some money to add to that fund. So we got most of the brothers together to do that. What was Mike? What did you do yesterday? What was your What was your job? Uh, mostly uh, picking up the uh, branches and stuff that they cut and loading up the trailers and stuff. Yeah, Dan. What What were you guys cutting yesterday? Uh, junipers, I think. Right? Junipers. Yes. Yeah. So we had different sections of the front yard, side house, and all that. So it was a lot of work. It, <laughs> it sounded like it was going to be a lot of work, and you know, uh, regret regrettably. I had mass last night, so uh, I couldn't come until all the work was done. <laughs> yeah. But I get to enjoy time with you guys now, which is great. Um, what are we? We're gonna go do something in a few minutes. What, what are we gonna go do? Bowling. We got our team bowling. Uh, yeah, brothers team, bowling. team. What's it called? What's our team called? Uh, Tommy Shamrock Bowling Club. And and describe how we look, you guys. Well, besides fabulous. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we have these awesome bowling shirts that are takeoff of the American flag with a big Tommy Shamrock logo on the back. Yeah, no, we got our styling uh, green shoes, green representing the Irish, and uh, yeah, we got our bowling balls that. Uh, that oh, we got the Tommy Shamrock hats that match. Now, who who yeah. is the best bowler in the family? Uh, Kevin, I would say right now. Uh, I don't think so. I think I'm just on a hot streak, but. And, and Mike, haven't you been doing pretty well too? Uh, I'm, I'm I'm getting better because we we went from a straight ball to a curve, so we were learning that. But uh, we're we're getting better. It's a pretty yeah. competitive group. Uh, yeah, except not me. <laughs> no, you'll get there. You'll get there. Yeah, we'll see today. <laughs> these guys have these guys have these great uh, professional looking curves, and I just try to roll it straight down the uh, the, the is it aisle bowling lane 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 yeah. yeah. 
Pat was a pool shark last night. Yeah, he was. Pat Pat played really good last night. Yeah, we had a pool competition. Hey, so I wanted to take advantage of this time to talk a little bit about just kind of growing up as, as a Catholic family and with six boys in a small town. And um, I think it's, you know, it's very rare. I, I, I think there are still some larger families today, but, uh, but I think the majority of families are much smaller now. And I think there's a certain dynamic that you have when you growing up with, uh, with multiple siblings. Um, especially, I think it was special in our, in our household because we had six brothers, basically. So um, I was hoping that we could maybe reflect a little bit about um, childhood and, and if there's any memories that, that come out um, that you'd like to share. But let me prompt it with this first. Let's take a minute and think about maybe one of your most embarrassing moments that you can remember when you were a child. And now that I'm planting that seed, you guys think about that for a minute, and I'll, I'll share mine. That buys a little bit of time for you guys to think about something in your childhood that uh, keeping this still uh, family rated for the show. <laughs> but what was one of your most embarrassing moments that comes to mind? And the one that I was sharing with my brother Tim, he was here last night because um, I said I was going to pose this question this morning, and I do. I remember. Um, my, one of my most embarrassing moments, and I thought, looking back on it now, it's it's quite funny. But I think I was in little league or t-ball, so I must have been, gosh, what are you, six, seven, eight years old at that point? And I used to be kind of nervous on the baseball field, and I think I was playing, I think in right field or no left field, um, but you're so small, so you're actually right behind the shortstop because <laughs> people can't hit it that far. But um, I used to get nervous sometimes, and I remember peeing my pants. And so I'm in the middle of a game, and I peed my pants while I was out on the field. And for some reason, as a six, seven-year-old, I thought I could easily cover up that soaked front of my pants by just putting dirt on it. <laughs> I remember that. I remember. Do you? Yeah, I remember you splashing dirt up on your pants and I thought what is he doing oh and it stuck man. the outline of the pee outline of the pee it was so <laughs> embarrassing I, I don't remember anybody saying anything I'm but I'm sure everybody saw it as clear as day but um or maybe I just kind of repressed that I don't know but it was pretty funny I thought so you guys anything come to mind that from your childhood that that you see as an embarrassing moment well I remember we were working in the orchards. Growing up, we had to pick prunes. We did it. Our mom took us out there, and she'd pick with us to some degree, but a lot of the time we were just picking. And we would we'd work all day to fill a bin, maybe a bin and a half, and we, we were not good at it, but we did it. But I remember um, taking a moment once, and I asked my mom if I could take the little pickup that we drove out there and take it for a drive. And I didn't have my license. I was a lot younger. But she allowed me to do that. And I had one of my other brothers inside, and my brother Terry was in the bed of the truck. And I remember driving the levee, because these were out by the orchards. And when I went out, I was driving faster than I should, and I didn't know how to drive, and I probably, I definitely should not have been driving. And I took a corner too fast. Just before then, for some unknown reason, we had stopped and Terry got into the cab, and thank goodness that he did, because I ended up taking a corner too fast and I rolled the truck. Oh. And had he been in the back of the truck, he would have been killed. Well, I was so embarrassed that I made up a lie, and I said a squirrel, a rabbit, had run in front of me, and I swerved to miss it. And the cops came because they had to investigate the crash, and they knew I was lying. I didn't know they knew I was lying. And then they pull out this book, and they start reading me this paragraph about what happens to you if you lie to the police. 
that scared me enough that I confessed and I said, okay, there was no rabbit. And I was pretty embarrassed that I had to lie. And then I wrecked the truck. But in the end, my dad just made me pay off the deductible for the truck. That was all my savings for the summer. But uh, in the end, no one was hurt. And, what oh. truck was that? It was the little light blue Datsun pickup. Oh, I remember that truck, but I don't remember the crash. I rolled it. Yeah. Rolled the, it at the orchard. Oh, my goodness. The big, To me, the most memorable part was, first of all, being intimidated so easily by the police to tell the <laughs> truth, but also thankful that Brother Terry, you know, minutes later, earlier had just gotten into the cab, but otherwise he would have been dead. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. Okay, Dan, what is it? I'm thinking of an embarrassing, I'm sure I had many embarrassing moments, but uh, one was more of getting, getting in trouble, but it was uh, both embarrassing as well because... Uh, I think I was a freshman, and and me and a couple of buddies uh, wanted to go to the the fresh the high school dance, and and we found a couple uh, guys. There's always someone in the neighborhood if you wanted to have someone buy you a beer. There was always someone going to do that. So we had to buy us a beer. We all drank it, and then we tried to get into the school dance, and uh, and they smell alcohol on our breath, and and uh, so we got in trouble. We we're waiting down at the in the school in the office and uh so at night uh called uh, our dad to come down and so that's the embarrassing part not only are you in trouble but you never wanted to dad being a teacher himself that you actually get in trouble and he has to come down and and pick you up like that's uh pretty devastating because we lived we actually lived in a small town and in that small town is a small community where people know all many of the families and so if you got in trouble it was more than likely that most of the community knew that you were in trouble as well and they would share that and and it would get back to our parents even worse than that is uh you know so so our dad being a teacher one of the things he had to do is if uh if we were ever in the newspaper for accomplishments or anything like that, uh, he would have to bring donuts. So being an athletic family, he had to bring donuts a lot, right? He also had to bring donuts if you're in the newspaper for something else. Yeah, because the standard was if you were in, if, if your family or your children were in the paper, yep. you had to bring it in. And yeah, almost every week, one of us would be in the paper because of baseball or, or, or football or whatever, whatever sport we were playing. But I remember you saying that before that, um, yeah, that, that so actually they always knew what was going on. I mean, the, the, the community did because of the paper would list so many things, right? Yep. Thank goodness there wasn't social media and, and the internet and that, that ability because it would have been crazy. There was no Facebook then, thankfully. Right. No internet. I, I'm, you know, growing up. How about now? For me, there wasn't. Was there for you, Dan? No, no. I think I think computers. Uh, when I first started college, I think is when actually the computers started. Internet started. Uh, I think early nineties. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, Mike. What what's coming to mind? Uh, Most embarrassing moment. Well, mine actually has to do with you. Actually, <laughs> because growing up, I remember one time uh, our parents were gone somewhere, and Pat was babysitting. And we were trying to be on our best behavior so we didn't get beat up and stuff. So we are being good. And I remember Pat saying, hey, uh, come here. You want this chocolate bar? And I was like, oh, yeah, of course, right? I want this chocolate bar. So I ate this whole big candy bar. And Pat was busting up the whole time laughing while I was eating this candy bar. I was thinking, why is he being so nice for one, right? <laughs> but two, um, why is he just laughing I'm eating this candy bar? Well, I came to find out it was a whole bar of x <laughs> And so then 
about an hour or two later, I'm on the toilet the whole night, and my mom comes home. She's mad because Pat did that to me and everything. It was like, that was the candy bar. It wasn't no Hershey's. <laughs> that actually is really mean. I'm sorry about that. Do you remember that? No. No, I don't. <laughs> That's repressed. I think I repressed a lot. I don't think I treated Mike very well growing up. and uh, But... Uh, Hopefully, well, you know that's brothers, right? You do you do that stuff, but I think Dan, you and I were talking yesterday about how how actually less dysfunctional our family is compared to a lot of families, and that we're really lucky that after all these years, first of all, all six of us are still here, and that we're all as close as we are, and we still look forward to spending time with each other. We you know we talk easily amongst each other, and there's so many families that don't have that. Yeah, because it's very common, I think, that somebody is estranged from from the family, You'd, and that happens in big families a lot, actually. It, um, well, I don't know statistic wise, but I hear it with big families that there's somebody that's ostracized or somebody has done something, and they haven't spoken to them in ten years, and 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 we don't have that. And and actually, that was one of the reasons that I came back to California so I could be closer to the family. And I think that is a blessing in our family. And, you know, between the brothers, I was thinking about this. We, we really have quite a diverse group of, um, of what, what we are doing in our lives. I was thinking about um, just, just if I had to just put people in categories, kind of. We have people that are, you know, ex- um, executives. We have a brother who drives a propane truck. We have another brother who does sales. We have, an, you know, another brother that's in the IT industry. Um, and Mike, didn't you start driving for Uber recently? Lyft, yeah. Lyft recently. Uh-huh. I mean, what what kind of an eclectic group of, of what we're doing in our lives? I, I was thinking yesterday as I was driving here from Sacramento that really, in a lot of ways, our family is is kind of a reflection of the of people out in in the world i mean we have representatives really from all these different avenues of of occupations and so when we get together yes we have that common you know uh, upbringing and a lot of common experiences but we also bring together this unique kind of combination of experiences that we're living today and i think it really makes it pretty interesting when we when we do get together hey so um i want to shift gears a little bit we um, we had some really dynamic, wonderful parents. They both have passed on, and um, and thanks be to God. Hopefully, they're out of purgatory and that they're in heaven by now, because they were, were very saintly in a lot of ways. Um, do you guys have a memory about either mom or dad that comes to mind right now that maybe you'd be willing to share? I'll well, you're thinking about that. I'll share one uh, memory. And uh, it probably doesn't mean much to other people, but I crack up every time I think about it. <laughs> my my father, Dan, like Dan said, was a, an educator. His first degree, though, was in physical education. It was in PE. Then he ended up, ended up having a master's degree in um, education administration. But he worked almost his whole life as a middle school math teacher. But he did have a... a an affinity for sports. He really liked sports, and I think he really liked watching us play sports. But one of the memories that I have of growing up is we had a really small little driveway with a basketball hoop in it, and we'd be playing basketball almost all the time. And that probably has something to do with the size of the house that we grew up in. Do you guys know how many square 
feet. 900. 900 was our house. And that's for six boys and two parents. And um, it was really, really quite small. So we were out of the house almost all the time and playing sports. So, but my dad would come out and he would join us often as we're playing horse or whatever we're playing. And you guys remember his little slide foot shot that he used to do? Slide fade away. Slide fade away. Oh, yeah. It was a it was hilarious to watch, um, but he was actually pretty good yeah. at it. So I think in his day he probably was a pretty good athlete as well. He was deadly from three feet out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he would do it uh, either when he we were probably shooting before he would go and teach night school, and every time he'd come to leave the house, and we were always playing shooting hoops out there. He'd always your dad right, and he'd always shoot a couple before yeah. he'd head it out. Yeah, yeah. What an example that was for us of just teaching us about work ethic. You know, because he taught all day. And then was it three nights a week or four nights a week? That, sure. Do you guys remember? Mm. I think it was, I want to think, think it was four nights a week. I don't think it was Friday night. I don't think he taught, but he taught night school. So he taught all day during the day. And then um, four nights a week, he would teach night school for people who had dropped out of high school and they wanted to get their GED. And he'd teach uh, the math portion of that but i but i don't think he taught on friday nights because he was always at our games right every every football game or anything that we had often were friday nights Mm -hmm. and so he was always there okay do you guys have any memories about our parents that you'd like to share i'll go okay you want to go no go ahead well i'll just gonna since mine's kind of in line with that the memory of dad was always i don't know how he juggled teaching both during the day night school but then it seemed like he never missed a game um, I remember him going to the obviously the football games, but even the basketball games and even baseball where I'm getting up, you know, I'm on deck just swinging, warming up, and uh, or actually I was a leadoff hitter, so I'd, the game was about to start, so I'm all out there practicing my swings, and Dad would be right there at the backstop talking to me as I'm kind of warming up and stuff. And to me, uh, I still get kind of emotional on that because it was just like he was always there. Um, and then Mom was uh, the mother the community mother for uh all my friends that we would come over we'd be playing on the weekends or whatever never failed she'd come in or she'd uh, call us in or whatever and she'd have the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for me and my friends right and it never failed and everybody even to this day some of my friends from the past will always say remember you know we'd always come over and have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches i mean uh it was just mom would always be there for for the the community the kids and yeah. our friends and stuff so remember she gave cheese sandwiches out to the homeless for a long time oh yeah she was yeah. was it betty sandwich shop i figure what they called yeah. it something like that yeah that was a great memory i have of her too is as as she um advanced in age and really was kind of at retirement age she would volunteer her time at the church and she would uh make sandwiches i remember lining up lining up at home and she'd make all these sandwiches by the dozens and she would prepare them on, on the counter. And I remember, I remember her once saying, cause I think she would make bologna sandwiches one day or cheese sandwiches another day, but she would always make, I remember her saying, um, because I think she was doing cheese one day, but she was making like two bologna sandwiches. And I said, why are you making the two bologna sandwiches? And she said, well, I forget his name, like Joseph, the homeless guy, Joseph, he really likes bologna and he doesn't really like cheese. So I'm making these for him. I mean, just so thoughtful yeah. for the homeless yeah. person. I remember, um, so growing up, you know, mom did struggle with her manic depression and dad, you know, God bless dad. He, the way he hung in there and what he dealt with for such a long period of time. And he always did it in such a loving way. And 
but he's human. And you know, one image, I don't know why it sticks in my mind so clearly, but he left the house. And, of course, we were always fearful that, God, is he coming back? I, mean, I don't say always fearful. I said when that would happen because we were so dependent on Dad, you know, holding the family together when Mom was struggling. And I remember he left. And I went to go find him. And he had gone down to Ellis Lake which was a hangout that he would go sometimes to just get his mind together, and he would sit by the lake, and he would just think. He had parked across the street, and when I discovered that he was there, I remember I spotted him because he was running across the road to get to the lake, and there were cars coming, so he had to run quickly, but he wasn't in the best physical shape, and when he ran, he ran with a limp, and I just remember what struck me when I saw that was such a high degree of sadness that our dad was struggling at that moment emotionally and that he had hung in with us and with with our mom when she struggled. But he was human, and he needed that break. And I just wanted to help him, but I was young. And thank God... I'm sorry. Thank God... God gave dad the strength to hang in there and keep the family together during those challenges and I think that is probably why we're so close today as a family because he was a wonderful man but that image of him running across the street and being so human just has been etched in my memory and I love it yeah yeah I you know I think one of the things that our parents um, taught us and I think it it really resonates with us and we carry it and it's part of being of it's part of our being of who we are as our as as a Kearns family is just the perseverance I mean they were both really devout Catholics um they they I think really um uh I don't want to say adhered to their faith but they actually just had deep deep faith and um and there was a lot of struggle in their lives I mean I could list things over and over and over about each of them um, but as Kevin said, my, you know, my mom had a severe mental illness and she struggled uh, um, just just very, very deeply with that illness. And, and my dad was the rock of, of the house. And, and for having a lady with such severe mental illness, that 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 usually tremendously affects the children and all the family. Um, but our father really was the rock of the family and really allowed us to live pretty stable and uh, lives productive lives but i think that stress took its toll i mean he that's why he died at 65 years of age yeah. is because um it took its toll on him however being such a deep faithful person i think his reward came fast for faster than most because we always have to remind ourselves, you know, this time on earth here is just a temporary time. That that really the true reward is when we go to heaven and we have that eternal reward where there's no hardship, there's no stress, there's no worry there. And he was here on this earth for the time that he needed to be on this earth. And then when his job was done, you know, God took him home. And I think that that's such a blessing. But they did teach us so many lessons with just perseverance and faith never giving up and i think i can see that in all of us as well i think it uh, resonates deeply with us and i think with dad it was he wasn't a big talker so you know he left us with so many learnings he taught us so much but it was through his actions 
and watching him not listening to him and it was that that has the you know a longer lasting effect when you can watch someone and i agree with you he you know knowing that he had worked his whole life multiple jobs to retire and retired at 65 and actually died at 66 oh 66 i mean okay. it was about a year and he had always talked about when he was after he retired he was going to fish and he was going to do all these other things and then he was gone yeah. and i think about that now and i I try to plan my life, and I think about, okay, I'm going to do this now, and I'm going to do this next, I'm going to do this next. We don't know. We don't know how long we're going to be here. We just have to you know, appreciate the time we're here and live life right. And like you say, Pat, remember that this life is temporary. You know, It's the eternal life we need to be focused on, and Dad absolutely was. Yeah. I can hardly wait for the day that we see Mom and Dad again. Yeah, he's doing that slide fadeaway up there. I know he is, and mom's handing out cheese sandwiches. So. That's heaven. Yeah, that's <laughs> heaven right there. <laughs> to us, it is. Okay, Mike, we haven't heard from you yet. Oh, I'm just all these memories are just uh, just flooding in. Yeah, they're just greatest memories. My greatest memories are as a kid were like Christmas morning because we didn't have a lot of money, but we we as um kids never would have known it because we you know we got presents everybody hey it was just the greatest time growing up and i just think how many uh sacrifices our parents made for us is just incredible yeah so, yes yeah hey so before we wrap this up because we're almost done with our podcast we have two brothers that are not here today and that's tim and terry so let's take this opportunity how about one of you guys think of something about um tim or something about terry that is either funny or something that you respect about them or just something about them that can contribute to this kind of reflection today. Do any of you guys have anything, thoughts about Terry or Tim that you'd like to share? Sure. I can tell one about Terry. Okay. Um, I was very impressed with Terry. Terry had worked um, for a number of years running a, a home health care division of the hospital, and he'd reached the level of a director. Um, very important role, you know, made decent money. Um, it was a, definitely an executive role. And then, you know, very quickly without notice, his job ended. And what I'm most impressed with Terry about is what he did after that. The way that he just kind of reinvented himself. He he decided what he wanted to do. He went and got his trucker's license. He now delivers propane. And I've never seen him happier. In fact, he will tell you he's the happiest he has ever been. But he didn't just roll over and play victim or let this unexpected consequence derail him. He he just forged a plan and moved ahead and took control. And I've just been very, very impressed with that. And he did this in his 50s, yeah, too. Yeah, 50s. I, you know, so many people talk about, you know, that if some major life change happened in your 50s, what am I going to do? The fear that nobody will want to hire me and uh, very pessimistic outlook. And uh, he just jumped right on it. Yeah. <laughs> I remember years ago, he said once, if anything happened to this job, because he was at that job for like a long time, right? Wasn't he like... 20 years or so? Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. 20, I, 20, 20, 25 yeah. plus, yeah. But I remember, I remember years ago, he was saying, if anything ever happened to this job, I think I'm just going to be a truck driver, <laughs> he said. <laughs> and actually, he did it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he didn't waste any time. He didn't stay on unemployment. or I think he rolled. They gave him a little bit of notice, and that was enough time for him to go to school and get his license and just rolled right over into a new career. And and Kevin, like you said, 
I think he says he's the happiest now than he's ever been yeah. that he can remember. Yeah, no pressure, no stress. Yeah. Makes less money, but he doesn't care. Yeah, that is just crazy. Um, anybody have something about Tim that they'd like to share? And, you know, one thing I will before we jump into that, though, is um, I was thinking about this the other day. I'm pretty proud of this. Out of the six boys that are in our family, four of them are veterans. And how often would you do you get that kind of statistics in a family from a family that their parents weren't in the military? Our mom and dad were not in, in the military, but but four of the six boys did serve with the Navy and the Marines. Yeah, that's yeah. excellent. Incredible. I thought very proud of that. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Anybody have anything they want to share to wrap this up about, about Tim? I can, Tim? unless you want to. No. Okay. okay. Uh, Tim, I just respect a lot as as far as. Um, First of all, his uh, skill set. I mean, very athletic. Probably the most, maybe the most athletic in the family. I, I, I it wouldn't be far fetched to say sure that. Top six. Yeah, <laughs> he's top six. <laughs> he's in the top six, um, right? <laughs> but uh, just talented as you know, he does the IT work and and uh, just anything, anything. Tim Tim can do anything. Languages, music. Languages, music. He's so talented. Yeah, self taught. Self taught. Yeah, plays the guitar. Just um, yeah, a lot of that. Um, yeah, you know, speaks different languages and and different things. But he, uh, but more so than that, that's great. But he's just most one of the most caring person people you'll ever meet. I mean, he would do anything for anybody, which I think all of us brothers can, you know, say that without reservation. But I really think, I mean, Tim's just there if you ever need him and stuff. So we're just very lucky. And but as a, I, as a I family, think, I think all the brothers have some uniqueness to them that is is just terrific. But to to really add on a little bit about Tim. Gosh, what was it? Two years ago now, I think, that uh, Tim and I walked the Camino de Santiago across northern Spain together. And I was able to spend about three weeks with him every single day. And looking back on that, you think of, you really think of, of just that time as a time really to be cherished. How often does two adult siblings get to walk away from their jobs, spend almost three weeks together walking? through a beautiful country and just talking. We talked together hours and hours and hours as we walked through the forests of Spain. We stopped in churches as we walked through little hamlets and just experienced all these different things. And And I really got to appreciate Tim just on a much deep, deeper level. He is probably one of the kindest souls that, that I've encountered in my life. And and um, it was just a just a, a a time of not just a vacation, but really an encounter that I'll cherish through the rest of my life. I think it was really beautiful. Okay, to end this podcast today, take just a minute and think about um, maybe one word, one virtue that stands out when you think of our childhood and the experiences that we had, the parents that we had, some of the encounters that we had growing up. What is one word, there's no right or wrong answer, that jumps out at you? So let's start with Kevin first. What's uh, I think word? without hesitation it would be blessed. Okay. And Dan? Amazing. Mike? Honesty. Yeah, and I think for me is is just love. Is There's so many out there in the world that maybe struggle with feeling loved. And, and uh, I feel that we were really blessed with such a family, but I felt loved. And to this day, I feel loved as well. 
Well, it's time to end this podcast, and I'd like to thank you for listening. This was a little bit out of the ordinary. It was really coffee with the Kearns brothers today, and maybe we can do this every three to six months and gather together and make a little recording and share with you as well. Share the beauty that I have of my brothers. Have a wonderful day, and never forget how much God loves you as well. 